Welcome to this, the next edition of our daily devotions coming to you from Church of the Palms in Sarasota, Florida. We're always happy to have you join us and we hope you will feel free to share these reflections on God's word with those that you know and love. Let's bow for a word of prayer. Let's pray. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable to you, O God, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Our lesson this day comes from Luke chapter 1, beginning at the 57th verse. Hear the word of God. Now the time came for Elizabeth to give birth, and she bore a son. And her neighbors and relatives heard that the Lord had shown his great mercy to her, and they rejoiced with her. On the eighth day, they came to circumcise the child, and they were going to name him Zechariah after his father. But his mother said, no, he is to be called John. And they said to her, none of your relatives has this name. Then they began motioning to his father to find out what name he wanted to give him. He asked for a writing tablet and wrote, his name is John. And all of them were amazed. And immediately, Zechariah's mouth was opened and his tongue freed, and he began to speak, praising God. Fear came over all their neighbors, and all these things were talked about throughout the entire hill country of Judea. And all who heard them pondered them and said, What then will this child become? For indeed the hand of the Lord was with him. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. In the beginning of his gospel, the gospel writer Luke puts before us two narratives that parallel each other as, they, as we await the birth of the Messiah. The first, of course, is the Annunciation to Mary that she will conceive in her womb and bear a son and he will be called the Son of the Most High. The second is this story of the birth of John, which begins not with a young couple like Mary and Joseph, but a very old couple, Zechariah and Elizabeth, who were convinced that they would never, ever have children. And lo and behold, an angel visits Zechariah, and he gets told that just like Mary gets, just like Mary gets told, that a miraculous baby is on his way. And in response, Mary says, let it be. But Zechariah, when he's told this news, says, how can this be? Let it be. How can this be? And because of his doubt, the angel promises Zechariah that he will no longer be able to speak. He will be silent. He will not bring any of his own noise to bear upon this unfolding event, this story of the child coming into the world. And so he remains silent until John is delivered into the world. And maybe it was out of the silence that he heard the voice of God to name the boy, not what everyone expected. In that time and culture, it was expected that the boy would bear his father's name. But instead, Zechariah names him John. And people are amazed. You never know what silence might produce. It's interesting that typically we begin our Advent journey with an Advent carol, called Let All Mortal Flesh Keep Silence. The first verse goes this way. Let all mortal flesh keep silence and with fear and trembling stand. Ponder nothing earthly-minded, for with blessing in his hand, Christ our God to earth descendeth our full homage to demand. 
the hymn progresses from our silently receiving the Christ child born in Bethlehem to verse 2, silently witnessing his ministry on the earth to verse 3, silently observing the rank of angels. And finally in verse 4, silently observing the six-winged seraphs surrounding the throne of God. But it's all done in silence. So much can happen if we just stay quiet. So we begin Advent with silence, and then we end Advent with silence when we sing, as we do every Christmas Eve, at the end of our Christmas Eve service, silent night, holy night, all is calm, all is bright, round yon virgin, mother and child, holy infant so tender and mild, sleep in heavenly peace, sleep in heavenly peace. So much happens and we encounter so much if we allow ourselves to be quiet. One can imagine what a gift the angel was giving Zechariah when he rendered him mute. He might have missed the whole thing just by jabbering. Thomas Merton, the great modern mystic, said this, music is pleasing not only because of the sound, but because of the silence that is in it. Without the alternation of sound and silence, there would be no rhythm. If we strive to be happy by filling the silence of life with sound, productive by turning all of life's leisure into work, and real by turning all of our being into doing, we will only succeed in producing a hell on earth. If we have no silence, he continues, God is not heard in our music. If we have no rest, God does not bless our work. If we twist our lives out of shape in order to fill every corner of them with action and experience, God will seem silently to withdraw from our hearts and leave us empty. Soren Kierkegaard put it this way, if I could prescribe only one remedy for all the ills of the modern world, I would prescribe silence. The irony in all this, of course, is that we manage to fill our Advent seasons with a whole lot of sound, uh, and a whole lot of it's good sound, Christmas music, family laughter, holiday movies, the noise of parties, it's all good, but, but, it isn't, but it isn't necessarily conducive to hearing the still small voice of God that Elijah experienced when he was desperate to experience God himself. I think we all hold some level of desperation when it comes to experiencing God. We all could use the hope and love and joy and grace of God. Certainly the world can. There are lots of ungodly things coming on in this world, and my guess is that more of our noise isn't going to make it any better. But a little silence, a little quiet, a little silent holy night, what might happen if we still ourselves and let God get a word in edgewise? Perhaps we'll hear a word we've never heard before. Perhaps a life will emerge we've never seen before. Perhaps the world will sing together what we always sing once we've been to the manger, joy to the world. The Lord has come, let earth receive her king. May it be so. Let us pray. We thank you, O oh God that you give us the gift of silence and we confess that so often we are worried and anxious enough to somehow want to fill that silence with our noise. But we pray, O oh God, that you will help us to find the silent places, those silent moments when we can quietly receive once again your 
Son born into our lives, and that we may truly ponder these things in our hearts. For we ask it in Christ's name. Amen.